party yesterday, and I went as a G-Man from Hell like yeah. the Mothman style yes. with like the painted on lips. Yes. It was lots of fun because I was wearing eight inch platforms yes. and a suit that was like not fitted correctly. <laughs> I love like that. kind of like too big, but way too, too short, short in the yeah, sleeves. Yeah. And then the pants were like a size 42. I wear a size 30. Yeah. So and they were like, I have them belted. Yeah. I had them belted and they were like a size 38 long. I don't know oh, what kind of person the- was reading mm-hmm. or wearing these, but they were huge on me. And I was just walking around with like a face painted white, and I literally took a lipstick thing, and bright red, and like just went circle like oh, that across forth, my face, yeah. and put on my uh, like my shades, oops, my, my no, G-Man shades, and I was just walking around and like you know I'm way taller than fucking everybody because yeah. I'm already taller than most people anyway. Yeah. And so I would like lean down kind of in their face and be like, "Hello, young lady, I've heard you've been talking about Mothman," and then I just stand there looking at them until they said something, and I'd be like. Don't you think that's a dangerous topic to be talking about? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> that thing be... is, I also am working on a very sh- purposely shitty Mothman costume. Yes. Because <laughs> one of my favorite shitty Mothman costumes is this girl that is on TikTok where she, it's literally a black tablecloth over her. And then she took two giant fu- styrofoam half circles, painted them red, and just <laughs> on the top of her head. And she's just, and Mothman. that's it. Whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> And just does these like stupid little like dances that I'm like, I love this so much. It's so fucking stupid, but it's like 10 seconds of serotonin. I love it. And then did one video of the sexy Mothman where it's the same dumbass tablecloth, but just with fishnets underneath. (laughs) (laughs) No heels, just fishnets. Good. And I'm just, the amount of just chaos energy. And I'm just like, this is very cute. I needed this. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, funny little fact that I got because I've been reading an article in between like talking points because mm-hmm. uh, Entertainment Tonight did an interview with uh, the ac- the, ma- the lead actress for Candyman. Mm. Oh, Apparently, yeah. uh, wait, which Candyman? The, uh, the newer one. The new, okay. uh, no, no, no. Old one. Oh, the OG? 30th, yeah, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah, apparently Tony Todd's lawyer was so good that he had a clause in his contract. He got paid $1,000 every time he was stung by a bee. Oh, <gasps> And, and he, he got, got so many. He got 27 times stung. So oh, he got 27. Buddy. He was like, I didn't care. I got bank. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> good job, Tony. Hell uh-huh. yeah. And he's like, my, my lawyer's good. So, you know, like I put up with it. Like $1,000 every time. Yeah, you're fucking. I would get stung a lot of times if I got $1,000 every time. No. I might not, but that's because I have an allergy. <laughs> How much money would you have to be paid in order to be stung multiple times a day? Well, here's the problem. Uh, because of the way uh, insect allergies work, it's not like... Uh, like my peanut butter one's gotten less intense over time, but it's still like not great. The The bug one gets worse. Yeah. Uh, so the last time I got stung by a yellow jacket, uh, my entire right arm went numb and I had mild heart palpitations and I was itchy, but I didn't have anaphylaxis, but I was at work and I was like, hey, so if the numbness goes past my shoulder or I start having trouble breathing, I am leaving. And I just, everyone looked at me and I was like, I'm not kidding. I'm walking off this floor. I'm not clocking out. I'm driving to the clear, like the closest, the, the closest clinic. Because like this is like this is very touch and go right now, guys. And I like I still have a scar on my arm from when I got stung. Like I, my skin was very like no. So like eleven hundred dollars for one. Oh god. I, here's the thing. Like <laughs> I don't like, know what the fuck. What the what the cash am value? Am I right? Because what is the cash value? It would depend. Yes. I think it would depend on what my reaction would be. Because if I'm gonna, if my reaction gets worse, 
and I'm gonna have to be in an ambulance. Like that's ten grand right there. Yeah. I mean, so you're at you're on a movie set, right? In this situation, yeah. so they probably have like epipins. Well, no, that's the funny thing because I continued reading while listening. Uh, Madison also was deathly allergic to bees. They had paramedics oh, next to her. Good for when, her. When they were like, "Oh, they're baby bees. They can sting, but it's less likely to have problems." And she's just like, "I'm still glad there's paramedics here." Oh yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I was going to say, speaking of Halloween, though, I might have to recruit your help next year, Sarah. Yeah. I overestimated uh, how long it would take to make my costume. Oh. I was going to do a uh, flaming carrot cosplay. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. And I have all the stuff I need. I might have to get some new pants, but um, red dress pants are not the easiest to find. Yep. But um, I'm gonna, I may have to recruit your help because... Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to make a giant paper mache carrot. Oh, I'm down. I bought the, one of those flaming bowl props to put in the top. Oh, so it looks so, like there's yeah. actual like fire coming out of the top oh, of it. Oh, hell yeah. And then so just need to paper mache that in place and then build a big carrot. Well, we just have to find a, I have to figure out a, a setup that's going to sit on your dome that's comfortable for you first. I was thinking about taking a bike helmet. Yeah. Yeah, we can see about that. Yeah, because I'm just worried about the weight distribution of the, the, the light. I know those are not super heavy, but if you're going to be wearing it for a long period of time, if that's like pulling your head back, it's going to yeah be a pain in the ass. I might have we a can... motorcycle helmet you could borrow. Ooh. That might distribute the weight a little better. It would yeah. probably be built permanently into this costume at that point because it's yeah. going to get chicken wired and then paper mache. Um, yeah, if we can find a motorcycle helmet that nobody gives a shit about. Start checking fits. Goodwills. Yeah, yeah. yeah, They have those. I've seen like um, the dirt bike helmets just with a really thin face part. Yeah. I've seen the think... like half helmets there yeah. before. You know, you could also yeah. maybe just get like a, uh, what is it? A catcher's helmet kind of thing. Yeah, just something that like goes over. Uh, yeah, because I feel like something something that goes over more of your head is going to distribute the weight better than just like a standard bicycle helmet. Or if you got one of those like skateboarder helmets that at least covers like more of your fucking dome. That's good. Yeah. The dude Plus, I'm standing next the... to is like an inch shorter than me normally. I love that for you so much. That's nice. honestly, honestly, Skipper, you're serving cunt and I love it. <laughs> A what? You're, you're serving cunt. I'm serving cunt? Yes. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to take it as a compliment. You should. It's great. <laughs> it's high. Welcome. <laughs> next Hello. One, next one to say shenanigans. It's pistol whipped. Yeah. Welcome to Blank Body. It's a Vampire the Masquerade tabletop and horror podcast. Yeah. I'm your host, Hunter. And as always, I'm joined by... John. Uh, Sarah. And the lore bot. James. All right. We we are having a little bit of a wind down episode this week, kiddos. Yeah, we've had Breathe some big in. episodes. Yeah. Breathe out. <sighs> Even though, thank you all for the feedback on the Malkavian stuff. We were all a bit worried because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a clan with a lot of baggage. It's and true. Apparently we did good. So hooray. Thank you guys for support. Yeah, I'm very glad that the... Mm. Uh, the individuals that run the clan Malkavian page are just like, yeah. Yeah. That's mostly, we that wanted to make sure we right please yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what we cared about. Mm-hmm. There's a, uh, there's a technocrat collective, uh, that they are a part of and it's very nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically I was like, as long as the Malkavian players liked what we did, that's mostly what I cared about. Mm-hmm. So hurrah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week we're covering, uh, XP and ambition and desires within V5. Yeah. yeah how, how you level up. Mm-hmm. leveling up even this game doesn't Ish. have levels yeah, yeah. how yeah. like how you get better at shit yeah how how does one do a good thing with the plot and the xp and how do you like drive a narrative with your experience 
kind of thing because yes. you know, storytelling systems are different than you know some other game systems that other people might you know play more of or have like that's this is what they got into for tabletops and now they're exploring other options and we are that other option hello yeah you don't you don't uh just ding like level five and now everyone of my class gets this thing it's it's very much more open and so it's worth talking mm-hmm. about a little bit i think yeah also you know hopefully helps other baby sts to be like oh god how do i do this and not have to deal with like power creep from my players and or also me not giving them enough xp and they're just frustrated because they're like i want to do all these cool things but the game won't let me why <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's like I'm sure we're going to get into it, but like, yeah. holy cow, the XP costs on some of the stuff is bananas. It's a lot. Yeah, and it's you... a lot. So when you look at it and like the standard is one XP per session, you're like, oh, so I have to play for three years in order to be able to get this, mm-hmm. this five dot. Not all necessarily. Right. Well, yes, but that's what it looks like is all I'm that's saying. That's how it looks so, like if you're not prepared. Which is why we're exploring the topic. Yeah. Yeah, much like you said, John, like, ah, oh, yes, I'd love to up my blood potency. Ah, oh, yes, that'll be uh, 40 XP. Yeah, that's 40 weeks of play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's I'd almost love, a full year. <laughs> I'd love to, but also help. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, we we are narrowing our scope on uh, sources to mostly just stuff from the V5 core book because it has notes in there for XP. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they're not laid out all nicely in one section because Wait. my... Why would we do that in a World of Darkness book? I was about to say, hold on. I, Shock. Ah. World of Darkness. What has happened in the as world? As a game system, I love. As somebody who has rampant, unmedicated ADHD, I really, this the one of the few bitches I have about the publishers, which is I really wish you guys would hire an editor that would either create a section in the back of the book that would just have all of this laid out like a quick reference guide or Mm -hmm. you print a quick reference guide because i just made one for myself just so i had a quick like oh i need this i can just open my little 10 page booklet of Mm -hmm. notes as opposed to fumbing through a 300 page book yeah well fingers crossed something like that will be in the mythological players guide yeah i'm (laughs) praying for that i'm excited i'm so excited for this players guide whenever the fuck it happens I just really hope we get all the like official like content that they've put out not in books like how World of Darkness just this week, sorry to date the episode, but announced it's like, here's a daughter of Cacophony's lore sheet. Which is dope. And there's yeah. like a Nick Tutku lore sheet in the Winter's Teeth comic series. Really? Yeah. Yes. See, I need to catch up with Winter's Teeth. I hope they put all, the, they're supposed to put all this in the player's guide when it comes out. Yes. That'd be very nice. All of that it? Is, That's going to be that like a thousand page book. rumors that I have heard. I don't know. I'm not in the editing room. If anybody wants me to be in the editing room, I'll happily be there. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say Renegade, World of Darkness, Vampire People. You know, we're going to be reviewing that. So you could just go ahead and send us a couple copies when or, it's done. Or, you know, if you uh, want us to also, like, like be involved as a, hey, we're the general public. Can we look at this and see how easy and intuitive it is to read through your fucking book? That would be dope. Yeah, that'd be um, super dope. I mean, let's be real. I'd, like half of this is just application for like creative content like this is just hi folks here's my resume yeah if you guys want us to do things cool if not that's fine i'm gonna keep yelling into the internet because that is my right <laughs> that is my uh, it is my god-given right yeah. i can scream into the void of the internet yeah speaking of screaming into the void uh <laughs> oh. tabletop games i think most of us agree can follow the uh the rule of cool which is remember these games are a collaborative mm-hmm. creative thing you're doing with your friends for fun mm-hmm. so you know uh, different people are going to have different expectations on how the game is run 
story-wise, also mechanically. So, you know, make sure you talk about uh, the expectations for how you run, you're going to run a game and also how character progression is going to go at session zero, which is something I feel like doesn't ever get talked about at session zero. Yeah. Probably should. Well, I think that, like, people are mostly focused on, like, the consent area and yeah. like those kinds of expectations and people i don't think people think about xp with like at, right after character creation the last thing i'm thinking of is like all right how do i level up now yeah well it's also part of consent because you know it's uh if you're writing a game that's going to be a little bit more slow slice of life like xp might come in a little slower yeah yeah and if you're running a game where it's going to be a lot more fast paced you guys are doing more things the odds of you getting more xp is going to be higher so you know you might end up with like player power creep so use the st might not want to give as much xp as the players might want and that's just something you guys need to brush over a little bit yeah yeah it's interesting because i know we've had like three consent episodes too now but there are a lot of things that i feel like are worth talking about that norm that don't always go on those consent sheets yes i mean like even just like so how do we want to handle combat is like a good thing to talk about like Uh do you guys want to have very deep intense do you or do like we are pulling out a miniature map and we're like doing tactics and stuff or do you want to like john woo full rule of cool well you rolled an attack roll so i'm also gonna let you like jump slide on your back across like a boardroom table while just blasting everyone there's doves right it's 2 a.m no one knows there's why there's paper doves. flying in the air <laughs> <laughs> but you, yeah level... you disturb the office doves how dare you <laughs> but yeah how, how is this a john woo office how quickly your players get stronger mm-hmm. is like a big part of how that game's gonna run. Like we're playing in a game on the server right now, Skipper and I, where uh, we're getting uh, XP every game, and then RST has removed the multiplier on new purchases, mm. so it's a flat price for to increase your stat every time. Damn, mm-hmm. um, because this isn't a forever game. This is a set story that we're playing through, and then it, the chronicle will come to an end. Uh, it we did he did that so that um, we can level our characters up, feel like we have made some progress throughout the story, and continue to grow, and then come to an end. Okay, yeah, but, and that's fair. But that's what that's one of the things you want to talk about in advance. Like if you're going to play a game that goes on for three years versus this game might last three months. Yeah, yeah. just to like keep yeah. the story engaging. Like on the storyteller side, it's like okay, cool. I gave all my players all this XP. They have all these nuggets. They're real badasses. That means I need to make their antagonists like stupid. Like yeah. stupid strong, stupid powerful, having all this crazy shit. And it's like, do you want to get into that power level of a game? Meh. Yeah. Um, one of the STs that I uh, do stuff with on uh, stream game, I did do an ask because I was like, ah, oh, the, char- the character in the story is evolving in a way. And I'm like, I'd like this thing. And he's like, oh, no, I can give you that thing. And then did the conversion and be like cool, this is the amount of XP that that will come in negative flaws that will be popped up on you. Mm. And I'm just going to choose that. And I'm like, I love what's happening, but I feel... But you're also a bastard, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, my risk was calculated. Fuck, I am bad at math. <laughs> you're just, oh, no. You're just like, I got this really cool thing. Oh, no, I got this really cool thing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's a similar kind of thing happened for uh, me in the game Hunter was talking about. Yeah. I, I wanted to get this cool thing, but it was like, that's a lot of XP. Mm-hmm. and But it's also like a background thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not something I can like buy later so much. And he was just like, cool, well, you just owe me that much. Yeah. And yeah. I just worked my way out of that hole. And just now I'm getting to the point I can start buying other things. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> I'm a big proponent of like, you know what? If characters are like, hey, I really want this. It makes sense. If they can like justify it and it's something you're going to actively use. I'm like, 
go ahead and just let them take the XP sink. Because uh, one, it makes your players happy. And two, use an ST. You're like, cool, I have roughly this many sessions to plan around this bullshit. Yeah. Before they start going fucking squirrely. Mm-hmm. Sweet. They're locked in. I can't. <laughs> so <laughs> They can't change it up. They can't change it now. So sweet. I got time to fuck around. <laughs> It's also something that Skipper and I were talking about. We're getting ready to run a Shadowrun game, and we're dual STing. And one of the things we were talking about is like uh, we had player a player who wanted some backstory stuff that um, is pretty powerful. Like mm-hmm. they wanted to actually own land in Shadowrun, which is like cyberpunk future setting where like that's really hard to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we we're talking about how we balance that, and like you can always give your players stuff that is narratively interesting as long as every player gets something like that. And that's kind of like what we need to balance out because it's like you can give players like abilities or stats or something if there's a narrative reason to it, but you have to give that same thing to every other player too. So like if you want to like even if say I'm gonna give everyone at this table a free two dot lore sheet. Mm-hmm. but I'm picking the lore sheet for you could be really interesting to thrust something like that on a character and be like, okay, well you made a deal with uh, this person. So you get their lore sheet bonus. Yeah. Just like you talked, you, you were at a dinner party, you talked to Ballard. Now you have this get fucked, but yeah, now you have to deal with Ballard. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Can you just return money to Ballard? Can you be like, actually, I don't, I don't want this here. <laughs> I don't know if it would work. I don't think he'd just would, be like, "Cool, well, very, you had it for two hours, so that's going to be a hundred and thirty percent interest." I feel like it would be very much like that scene in the new Hellraiser movie. They're like, "You can't return our gifts. There's only exchanges." Yeah, <laughs> and you're just like, "Oh no, damn it!" Fuck. Tell me how many boons a fruitcake is worth, because I will exchange that money for a fruitcake. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Because of my level of dumbassery, I'm like, I might calculate that. Because there is some rough maths on money to resources and boons being related to an equation of resource dots. Mm -hmm. So if I can get the average market price of a fruitcake, I could actually calculate that. (laughs) Pushing the glasses up my nose. Anyways, uh, anybody who is a kind of gamer that is into pedantry, I'm shocked you made it this far into the podcast. Uh, But if uh, you are doubting our loosey-goosiness on the trying to be accommodating for players and STs and people having a good time. In the core book, there's a section called The Golden Rule. It is on page 130. Jesus said that. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you, you guys want to read it or you want me to read it? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so um, let's see. This is the most important rule of all and the only rule worth following. There are no rules. This game should be whatever you want it to be, whether it's a nearly diceless chronicle of in-character socialization or a long-running tactical campaign with each player controlling a small coterie of vampires. That sounds cool. If the rules in this book interfere with your enjoyment of the game, change them. The world is far too big. uh, Sorry. The world is far too big. No set of inflexible rules can possibly reflect it. Think of this book as a collection of guidelines, suggested suggested but not mandatory ways of capturing the world of darkness in the format of a game. You deserve uh, what works best in your game, and you free and you may freely use, alter, abuse, or ignore these rules at your whim. Core book page thirty, Philippians two sixty seven. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, funny enough, that's literally, like, I quoted it on the show, that's just a longer version of 7th C's, like, first rules in their ST book, where they just say, rule number one, 
There are no rules. Rule number two, cheat anyways. Yes. It's just that's a longer, more like, hey, the main point of this game is to have fun and tell a story, a, a cooperative story. Yeah. Now the rules help facilitate that. So, mm-hmm. you know, having discussions and understanding like, hey, this is what the company has proposed. Are we good with this? Do we want to change things? Da 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 da. We've kind of made a point on this show to keep a focus on V5 Raw. And I know a lot of people are really getting into Storyteller's Vault. We'll get to that episode at some point. Yeah, later. We'll get there. But we figured to be kind of newbie friendly, we're going to start with the core printed by World of Darkness Publishing and then expand upon that. Yeah, and um, I think anyone who's ever played any edition of Mage has used this rule by accident. You like, pretty much have to <laughs> to run the game. Like there is in any game, I think there are th- rules for simulating things that you don't necessarily have to use. Like, personally, I know players like it, but, like, in D&D, I hate keeping track of currency and, like, advanced downtime activities. Like, Mm -hmm. every player engages with that differently, and, like, personally, like, I find the economy of, like, D&D really fucked up. And, like, I've heard other people say that, like, players are really excited to find gold twice in a campaign. The first, And those are the first two times. After that, it kind of just becomes a... Yeah, Unless it's like numbers a around. fuckload of gold. Yeah, throw it in the bag. Well, I will say at least it, that also depends on the kind of chronicle you're in. Because I'm in a long-running Pathfinder first edition game with a bunch of friends that I love. And the way we kind of handle the economy stuff is we started an actual adventuring company. So we were like investing in caravans for us to travel as a group. And we're investing in like animals to move the caravans we have really big but fluffy buffalo it's very cute nice um yeah and then you know uh, we don't have a healer in our party so we're constantly but we have an alchemist so we're like constantly managing uh, alchemy inventory to make like healing items and da 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 so if you like inventory management like i do because i hate myself uh i've made a really cool uh spreadsheet that calculates all sorts of shit for pathfinder it's really nice but you know, other people would find that really boring and not like the, the story of like, hey, we have people from all across the country and all sorts of different races coming together to work on a thing and making our own little found family. Some yeah. people don't want to do that fucking story and that's totally fine. And I, I like the World of Darkness system of just resources and oh, it's so what nice. they're tied for. So nice. And like you could do like resources and like you could do roles for that to see if your players can like budget for certain stuff. If it's like mm-hmm. you feel like it's a little too wily to just get for free with their dots. But like it's like, okay, you didn't roll great. You get the thing, but you're down to resource dots for the next you get one back per session yeah or to balance like, out yeah you're down a resource dot for a month if in game time and whenever we hit that it pops just, back it pops back it's fine it's not that deep that's what resource dots are for <laughs> i also like the idea of like the resource dots just kind of giving you a baseline for riffing stuff like mm-hmm. my uh la sombra in one of the games i'm playing right now has three dots but like mm-hmm. he's cr- he just moved to the city so he's crashing with mm-hmm. Um, a, an anarch person in his club, essentially. Mm-hmm. So he's just wearing a different three-piece suit every time mm-hmm. anyone sees him. That's hilarious. As like a power move, <laughs> he's I love like that. totally different three-piece suit, and like you know he's got really fan- mul- technically he has multiple like luxury cars, mm-hmm. but they're in the other city right now, and he hasn't had a chance to send his ghoul up to go get him. That's so nice. he's just driving around an Escalade all the time. That's hilarious. Well, his ghoul is because yeah. he can't drive it because Escalades are very electronic nowadays, yeah. and he's just like. 
I have a driver. I'll sit in the back. <laughs> I'll sit yeah. as Fucking... far the fuck away. Yeah, yeah so the, the, the LARP that we crashed, actually, it's technically yeah. 20th anniversary, but they still follow the, the resource dots, so I feel like this is applicable. So I spent, like, a month in-game living in a van, <laughs> building nice. a five-foot-tall Tesla coil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it went really well. I oops too close to the sun, though, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, I now have a title. It's weird. Uh, but I was, like, trying to, like legitimize what I was doing by just being like, okay, I've done research on Tesla coils. I, I have a vague budget of how much all the parts would cost for me to do this. And I have the space and the tools to do this in the van. And I was like, do I actually have the tools to do this in the van? I was like, well, I have two dots and resources. Yeah, I think I should do it. This should be fine. <laughs> yeah. You can make a Tesla coil with shit. You find at a junkyard. Yeah. It's mostly what I did. I, nice. <laughs> uh, I did source out capacitors and a handful of microwaves from a Nosferatu. Very good. But I was just like, hey, buddy, you seem cool. Uh, I just need these things. Don't ask questions. Like, oh, it was a Nosferatu. He yeah. probably like just watched you put it together so he didn't have to ask questions. Probably. I, <laughs> yeah. Look, I assume this man is trying to be helpful in characters. Like, look, I'm assuming good intentions until proven otherwise with you because you're not in a power position that I'm aware of that would want to screw me over. Mm. But at the same time, I'm just like, I, I expect this to go tits up at any time. Yeah, it so, is vampire. It is. Yeah. Other people in the game, though, I'm just like, I should not be talking to you. You're way too powerful for me. Why am I in this room? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, but um, I know we mentioned it, but um, mm. in, you know, like in systems like D&D, when you kill enemies, you get like straight experience mm -hmm. from that. Um, and I feel like a lot of games do that, but that's not really how World of Darkness works. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people that are in the tabletop community are used to like, oh, to get experience, you have to kill things uh -huh. and you get X amount of experience points based off of a CR table. Or I know that there's some people for games like D&D &D and Pathfinder have a milestone system where the whole party levels, but it's basically when you get to the end of a narrative beat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's how i was running our game yeah uh that's much like the famous brennanly mulligan quote if your D, D world is built on murder being the only experience ways wizard school needs to open up with just like first year wizards just like all right kids we're gonna go into the woods and murder some goblins it's the uh, best way to learn magic by killing shit. Oh, you wanna you wanna learn how to do magic? Well, you gotta kill fucking people. <laughs> here's, a, here's a hammer. Here's yeah. a hammer. You yeah, think he would be studying and learning like the arcane spheres and uh, you know, learning how to read in draconic, and it's like, nah, you gotta go stab some like homeless people. <laughs> yeah, just be like, hmm, that unhome that unhoused community that's just trying to live their nomadic life. Burn them with firebolt. See, that's how you learn to get firebolts. Mm -hmm. Well, no, you use Firebolt. You kill enough people with Firebolt. You get bolt, Fireball. You get Fireball. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh, God. It's much like a <laughs> shitty MMO where you just have to cast the spell over and over and over again. Yeah. But so, that isn't World of Darkness. No, this is a storytelling system. So experience, uh, it's, you get it from existing as opposed to... Uh, going out and doing homicides mm -hmm. and just destruction. You can do homicides and destruction if you want. That is part of existence. You will still earn experience. Yes, but yeah. you know, existence is more than just that. You can go touch grass. Whoa. Whoa. Wild. For murder. You can. It can be murder grass. <laughs> That's honestly though, I listen to thrash grass. I should really see if murder grass is a subgenre. <laughs> it probably is. But yeah, uh, Probably. just for the uh, dispelling some confusion for people, XP and character sheet dots are not the same thing. 
So mm -hmm. players will gain XP through gameplay. XP can then be converted for dots for your character sheets. Each of these dot types cost a different amount of XP for V5. The uh, conversion chart is on page 137 of the core book. Some of the dots are a flat cost. Some of them have an exponential. So like the first dot will be like three and then six and then nine, so on and so forth. If you're a dummy dumb like me, you have to read that chart like six times before you go, oh, okay, I got it. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I can math. Hold up. Uh, yeah. So be aware of that when you're planning out things for your characters. Because some, sometimes if you're trying to be an optimized player at character creation, it's better points-wise to go ahead and spend a bunch of your dots on things like disciplines that have more of a point buy. And then fill out your skills, which are cheaper, like during gameplay, just because you can get those kind of knocked out kind of quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If that's something that you care about and you're a bastard man like me. <laughs> well, I've found that like, I don't even do that on purpose necessarily. Mm -hmm. I just feel like when I'm building a lot of characters, I'm like, well, disciplines are important. So are skills and so are contacts mm -hmm. and merits and all that stuff. But I think like even subconsciously, I'm like, this shit's more expensive. So I'm just going to get it done now. So I don't have to think about it. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily even like a min maxi thing all the time. Yeah. But as much as just like, well, I want to be able to do this cool thing. And if I don't do it, get as close as I can now, it's going to be a minute. Right. And I'm just going to be sitting here like, I want this cool thing. I want, eh. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's also about, it kind of sets a tone for your game, how you set your character at the beginning. Because like, if you just like really buff your stats and skills early, like you'll be really good at a lot of like small roles and then you'll be waiting and it'll be every couple games before you can pick up things like lore sheets and like more expensive stuff. So you have a slower, but you have bigger hits as your character's leveling up. Whereas if you like dump all of it into backgrounds and things like that, then like maybe every game, every other game, you're getting like that's enough those three XP dots between getting goals in your dailies or your every session XP. You're like, all right, this skill goes up. A game or two later, another skill goes up. So instead of like every five or six games going up, it's every every other game. You're yeah. just like little 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 improvement, little improvement, like slightly getting better. And then suddenly you're just like, oh shit, I'm the big man now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Punch the keys, for God's sake. God. <laughs> Up dog. Uh, we're millennials. Moving along. Uh, also, uh, this is the uh, XP expenditures that are recommended by the core book. Also on page 130. So the book recommends storytellers give one XP per session per player. And then uh, an additional one XP per story. So you know how we talked about time a little bit way in the beginning of the Blank Bodies days where there's... Uh, Chronicles, which is like all of your story. And then there's like stories, which is like the story arcs that you'll be doing for your games. So if you finish a story arc, bing, bing, point. Also at the end of every session, bing, point. I could be wrong. I think it recommends it's like a story should be like it's shorter. It's like maybe three sessions. Your chronicles, yeah. the overall story. Yeah. And then the story itself is like as a measurement of time story yeah. is like every like three or four. Like it's a little bit of the things that your player is working for. And mm -hmm. then a game is literally one game. Yeah. So, so session get... is one game. So every time you're getting at least one. And then if you finish a story, which roughly should be uh, three to three to ten sessions depending it, on what the fuck you're doing and your vibe yeah, and your vibe then at that you should also get another uh xp in shorter or more dramatic chronicles storytellers may give two per session per player 
per player. You got to put that on there because it'd be really awful if you were like, all right, Coterie, you all get one, but you got to fight for it. I mean, I would maybe do that depending on the game. And if everybody was cool with that. If you're playing a Sabat game. Oh, hell yeah. Then you should definitely do that. Yeah, like that could that could be a fun thing to discuss. But that is that is the crux of it. So roughly at max any session, you're going to be getting three XP per session. So uh, you're able to buy like lots of little dots and, you know. Save up toward bigger dots. Yeah. So depending on the speed and the drama of your story, you might be getting more or less XP. That's fine. This yeah. is kind of roughly what the the book recommends Mm -hmm. it's not like people suddenly get super fucking good at things magically uh as much as this world of darkness is a supernatural game at least is grounded enough in rally to be like look no one's gonna learn spanish that quick what the fuck (laughs) i have an intelligence of five dots if you have an intelligence of five dots i would maybe argue that but like okay (laughs) cool maybe you did become fluent in spanish enough that you can spend a linguistics dot in it in like three months okay how much time did you dedicate to that (laughs) How much, how much did you dedicate to that little lime green owl screaming at you? <laughs> oh my gosh, fucking, the, the fucking, that owl is yeah. a terror. But mm. uh, the book does also make a note, I didn't put it in the script because I'm a hack and a fraud, ding, drink, yep. uh, that uh, there are certain dot purchases that storytellers, like we just said, might be like, hey, it's cool you want to buy this? How and why? When did your character do this? What, what, how are we getting to this? Like, why yeah. do you have this now? It's like people are just like, I would start putting dots in Brawl. I'm like, did you train? Yeah. <laughs> did you watch a YouTube video on how to punch? Did yeah, you go you to do? the gym? Yeah. Which, yeah, because the fans have talked about randomly doing a drinking game. I'm like, the amount of times Sarah has said she's a fraud. I'm a hack and a fraud because I am. And it's yep. fine. Uh, Drink. Yes. So we're going to talk about uh, some alternative XP options. These are things that are like have been homebrewed. Yeah, these, uh, these are your goth xp options if you will yes these are your goth girlfriend xp options uh, one that's really popular that i've run into with a lot of games that's really fun is end of session nominations so uh there everybody gets the basic xp that you would expect so you get your one or two for being at the session and then uh everybody takes turns going around the table and nominating or suggesting somebody else in the party. It's like, oh, hey, so-and-so did this scene that was really, really cool. I think they deserve a bonus XP. Or, you know, so-and-so's uh, achieved a goal that they've been working on. I know they've been working on it really hard, so I think they deserve da 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 mm-hmm. And you can decide how you allot bonus XP based on, like, each vote is an XP or the person with the most votes gets the XP that turn. There's a few different ways you can hash that out. But it's fun. I like it. Yeah, I like that. It also feel like I think the only thing you got to be careful with those kinds of things is like if you're if you go with like a system of like oh you know who did the like the the most meaningful or coolest thing that can lend itself to the trap of like everyone trying to do the coolest thing. And then that also lends to the opposite trap of a player thinking that you know hey I thought I did a good thing and then you're just like oh no but everybody else said no that person did it and then nothing for the person that yeah it feels like oh well cool i guess i didn't it, yeah, yeah it depends on the group and the dynamics and the stories because i'm the kind of player that i would rather highlight somebody making a quiet but interesting character choice as opposed to doing the i drove my maserati through the mall kind of character yeah. of like I know everybody's excited about that, but I'd more times than not for a story don't find that choice to be interesting. 
but I find the quieter moment of like, hey, the guy who was like the ex-military guy making the choice to go get therapy. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, I've been falling down the spiral of humanity. Or, uh, you know, the Anarch player who's having a confrontation with people in the Camarilla and they're now having to reconsider like, hey, is me being on the Anarch side really the good choice? Because, like, I'm not in a power position to actually affect the changes that I want. So maybe I need to reconsider what the fuck I'm doing. Like, those character moments I find more worth giving XP to. But Mm -hmm. I'm a dork. Big old dork. I mean, I think that's a... Especially for Vampire, that is, I think, the better way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like a lot of the time Vampire is just kind of big and splashy anyway. I mean, you're playing dramatic fucks. Mm -hmm. All of you. you Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You can't be a vampire and not be dramatic. Um, but yeah, I think those subtle things are just, they're much more character and story driven. And this is a storytelling system. So maybe worth the bonus. Natural. Yeah. Yeah, And I was also going to suggest that maybe if you do do the vote where you vote for one person, Mm -hmm. that if some say someone wins the bonus XP that everyone agrees on for that one player, they can't be voted for for another session or two just to keep one player from like hogging it mm-hmm. essentially it's like we did a lot of story for you and so you get your bonus xp and that's really cool but to keep you from just fighting for it constantly it's like all right well you can't get that bonus xp you can still play the game and have fun and tell the story yeah. but you're not going to get a bonus xp for another session or two now so that would t- i think that would tamper down yeah. someone yeah. from being like big and splashy all the time too yeah and i've run into uh most of the games where we do the nomination it is a just Mm -hmm. an open vote and then you get bonus xp depending on how many votes you get Mm -hmm. i have found a lot of group dynamics turned into everybody's strategically watching who all is getting votes and we're trying to make sure everybody at least gets one a bonus xp yeah (laughs) Yeah, because like hunter said like if you don't like limit that at all it could just turn into like making anyone who's not receiving all of that into the oh well i shouldn't play a supportive character i need to play a like a showboat yeah a a showboat like main character protagonist it's like don't play a supporting character because that's not gonna make it's like how total biscuit used to say in gaming where it's like i i will play your game in the most optimized fashion it's not my fault every one of my skyrim characters are a star are a stealth archer that is the most optimized way to play this game yeah there are there are some homebrew strategies to counteract this though, which yep. I think is good. And mm-hmm. one of them I like is basically storyteller inspiration XP. Mm-hmm. So you know in Dino where there's like, oh, you did a really cool thing. Here's an inspiration die, so you get to like roll a, an extra d6 or d20 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the equivalent of that for World of Darkness, where either at the end of the session or in the moment, if the ST's like wow, this is a really cool character choice that either like really helps my story or you blew up my plot and I'm very impressed. You can just be like, snap, you, XP, yes, that was yeah. fucking dope. Mm-hmm. And if you are somebody who is more like myself that is more interested in like interesting narrative choices as opposed to being a showboat, that's a good way to highlight the support character for like doing something cool because not only is it like you actually are just getting, you are getting the XP, but it's also everybody at the table taking a moment to, because of the storyteller going, that's neat, which will hopefully guide your little chaos murder hobo monkeys to go, oh, hey, maybe if I make a character that does a little bit of introspection, I will also get a cookie point from the storyteller. I also want a banana sticker. I was about to say stickers are great. Yes, fucking banana Uh, stickers, man. (laughs) Even if you're an undead badass, everybody loves a banana sticker. We could just buy them offline. It's fine. We don't need your banana stickers. It's also just the, the act of me bequeathing you a banana sticker mm-hmm. you have no power here what if banana- i got a jar of tiny erasers oh, banana. 
reference. Yeah, <laughs> do it. I, I'm good for that. It's just I was like, yeah. oh no, the Metalocalypse reference has I to don't happen. I need your banana stickers. We can order them offline. You you want the banana stickers though? Mm-hmm. I love Metalocalypse. I need to watch that again. That show is so fucking good. Same. It's the reason why I brought up to one of the people in one of our servers it's like i love fucking like la sombra and stuff and i'm like so all you're talking about like all la sombra are called to the ocean and need to come into the depths i'm like so their favorite song is mermaider by <laughs> metal x like it has to be oh yeah and then the lead singers like, actually I have a really good relationship with my dad yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so cute i love it anyways yeah. uh another thing for it's XP kind of asterisk <laughs> narrative gains. So mm, the book mm-hmm. does bring up the fact that uh, as the game is progressing, uh, if your players are doing something that would inherently get them background dots, use a storyteller can just give it to them at no cost because yeah. So uh, quick TLDR. So advantages are broken down into merits, which is like, physically inherent to you as a person and the backgrounds, which is things you get that are you interacting with the world. So background dots can include like contacts, allies, you've gained an enemy, you've got a friend, got a spicy friend, you know, that Ooh. kind of shit. Uh, lore sheets are also included in this. Uh, if you as a storyteller go, Hey, so this player has been doing a lot of networking in with like the nightclub scene. I'm going to give him like two or three dots in contacts now with nightclubs in the city. That's fucking nine XP, technically. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and stuff mm-hmm. like that could also be supportive for like more like back like more support characters or more introspective characters as opposed to like showboat characters that are like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna punch and stab and kick and bite things. Yeah. Yeah. It also like it rewards players for being social instead of just the mm-hmm. you know, the pizza cutter fucking uh, edge lords that are just like I don't need nobody. I'm just gonna live alone. And I'm a, I'm the apex predator. I'm the alpha. And I'm like, all right, Andrew, take calm the fuck down. Yeah, calm down. And just <laughs> it, it, it gives them a reward to be like, hey, thanks for like checking up on people. And like again, I'm not gonna lie. Like the one thing that like metas over through almost all of my characters is just like, oh yes, I'm glad that you socialize and actually care about the Nosferatu. That was a good choice. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you can build up, you can get an earned background dots for having statuses and clans. You can get uh, allies within mortal networks, even if you're trying to be conniving and not technically helpful, where you're like, oh yeah, I've been donating all this money to the police union. So now I have allies with the local police. So I'm better at manipulating the masquerade. Yeah, and I think there's things like if your party is like, trying to build their own little like haven and like take control of like land and stuff i don't think it's narratively interesting for them all just to save up xp and pool it together to buy a spot and that that's the point in the story where they get it like i feel like that's something they should work for and then you give them those xp cost versus of reward just for working towards that you know like if they're completing missions for the prince and the prince was like well, good job. I'm giving you domain over this like little street mm-hmm. or you guys earn the block. I wouldn't make them pay for that. I would just. Oh yeah. That could be because we covered coteries in an earlier episode we and did. how those mechanics work. So as the storyteller, you can go, ah, the coterie has been working towards this goal. I can decide as the prince to now add this in addition to the coterie. Uh, the slight note about these ST freebie dots is uh, they can be taken away from by the storyteller due to plot reasons. So either an enemy blew up your haven or, you know, you guys as a group haven't been maintaining your contacts with some sort of volunteer organization, whatever. 
until those dots you, can degrade. Those dots can mm-hmm. degrade. Uh, unless you guys decide to put your own actual XP into it, because then that's basically you solidifying and reinforcing those dots. And mm-hmm. then this, he's like, well, I can't just take that away from you. Narratively, you could negotiate with your players to be like, hey, so you guys haven't been using this. I know you spent the XP in it, but you guys haven't done it. So narratively, it doesn't make sense. Can we crunch those dots into something else that you guys do care about and want to use? Mm-hmm. I think that's something that you should kind of keep in mind in general, too, for, like, Mm. your players. Because, like, there have totally been times I've built characters thinking, like, oh, yeah, I think I'll want to get into this thing. And then I put dots in it, and then it just, like... Never comes up. It doesn't come up, or it doesn't, like, feel like I thought it would when it does Mm -hmm. come up. And then I just, like, I'm not so interested. But the points are already sunk into it. So it's like, well, I feel like I kind of almost have to try to shoehorn it into the character because I spent the nine points... You know, Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I think it's something that STs and players should maybe consider at least Mm -hmm. if, if, you know, if uh, Gideon back when I played him put points in the Goblin Roads and then we just never really did much with the Goblin Roads or you never really even left Chicago after so much time, I think it would have been reasonable to be like, hey, Sarah, we haven't really done this and it's totally fine. Like, I'm not upset about it, but can I put the points somewhere else? Yeah, because at that point I'd just be like, hey, I had plans for that, but that's not where the story went. So if you're cool with it, I'll let you move those dots and we'll just put a pin in the Goblin Road. So if it does come up, that can just be a freebie give. And then if you want to buy it again, cool. If not, no harm, no foul. Right, right. So, you know, things can be flexible. It's fine. It is a storytelling game. Game, If the story is not fitting what you're doing with your character, change it. Yeah, (laughs) it's not hard. Just use your words. Yeah, I mean, if you're not like if you're not paying a lot of attention during session zero, or you misunderstand what people are kind of coming into it as an expectation, so you build like a super combat heavy character, and then like, oh, this is mostly like courtly intrigue. Yeah, I would probably let a player be like, all right, we'll just we'll take some of those dots out of this like more combat stuff. Let all take some contacts like. Or, or say help. you've been working in your downtime or give even just give them a couple like because if you their character is built in a way where they can't effectively engage with the story, the player's gonna get frustrated and disengage yeah. because it no longer becomes their character's story, or they're gonna start being like, Well, I can't I can't uh do all this uh, manipulating and talking mm-hmm. and but I can punch people. Yeah. So I'm bored. I'm just gonna start beating the shit out of people. Or another thing you can do that I think yeah. would be a fun way instead of crunching down the combat character i would sit down as the st and go okay so do you want to lean into the fact that your character is a combat character and you and i can work out me giving you some background dots see how you use that mm-hmm. and then if you like it cool we can just expand upon that and if you don't i can take those dots away and we can do the crunch or just like hey does your guy have any hobbies like does he only train does he only go to the firing range because mm-hmm. you know i if you had a character who's like yeah i was in the clink and then i got out and i got embraced but when i was in the clink i really got into crocheting so he's got like these allies that is just like a sewing circle of like local grandmas who have like all the fucking gossip and half of them are like rich biddies that are like oh yeah no my grandson owns these businesses that's a whole other literal mm-hmm. yarn that you can pull from for plot that people just be like, wow, that really fleshes out your character. Like, we didn't know you spent time in prison and you got into knitting? Like, (laughs) what? I've seen you punch someone's face in. (laughs) You wear a lot of cardigans. Do you knit those? What? Are those your cardigans? Those are nice. (laughs) Yeah, and I I mean, I think there can be interesting story Mm. in like the fish out of water kind, if you lean into it, where like, 
I'm a war veteran and all of a sudden I was embraced and though I have now even more power, I'm almost in a position where I can use it less than I could as a human. Mm -hmm. Like I am like the little, little guy on the totem pole and yes, I have a lot of strength, but if I just like solve all my problems with violence, I'm going to bring like a whole city on top of me. Yeah, which... And like, I feel like that pa- we have an episode coming up about it eventually, mm-hmm. but like those power um, plays and like where you fit in that can be really interesting to be like, I am hyper powerful. And if I use it, I'm in deep shit. I am in deep shit. But yeah, and also like as a storyteller for XP things, like if you're in a more social game and you have that heavy combat veteran guy who probably did not sink points into like like charisma and manipulate and shit like that, you could be like, okay, what we should do is like, is he still going to group therapy? Does he have mm. friends at the VA hospital? Mm-hmm. There, There is a whole line of contacts and stories there that you could be like, okay, cool. Maybe your social roles are from, uh, you know, Instead of doing uh, like charisma and etiquette, you can do like charisma and streetwise instead because this is your background and then you have contacts in the medical field or, you know, different volunteer organizations and there's lots of cool shit you can do that you can just solve the problem by being like, okay, what if I give my player just this little freebie nugget? of bonus points and then just see what the fuck they do with it yeah fuck maybe the returning soldier goes and drinks at the even though he can't drink anymore goes and hangs out at the va with the other veterans that's a good like, cover for a vampire where everybody's like oh man you used to drink a lot why aren't you drinking with us anymore he's like oh i've, I've gone cold turkey man i'm yeah. totally not a vampire i totally just went cold right. turkey uh-huh i realized i've been drinking too much and i gotta sober up yeah. um i was thinking also like speaking of dice pools you know say you have this very combat heavy character who's put a ton of points in brawl and like potence and stuff like that just because they don't have the points for the skill of intimidate does not mean that they couldn't be intimidating so why not use like charisma or manipulation and brawl Mm -hmm. if you're like you know if this fucking you can tell this dude has beaten heads in with his fists Mm -hmm. is like looking at you and cracking his knuckles while someone is like trying to ask you a question I, I mean, that's intimidating. That would be very spooky. <laughs> That'd if, be like, very scary. The the golden retriever energy guy suddenly just like fucking, I don't know, like smashes like a pool cue or something and it looked like nothing and you're just like, oh. Exactly, yeah. So you roll that brawl instead of the intimidate because you might not have the words or the charisma to be like, I'm a scary motherfucker, but mm-hmm. you can punch through a pool table. Yeah. I Again, I would tell someone if someone was like, hey, Where's this person? And I'm like, I don't feel like telling you. And they just punched through a slate table. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to think this about that now. This is the address. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to reward that, you could be like, oh, that's a really cool character moment. The ST could just give you the, the, the inspiration XP right there. Right. Or you could be like, hey, so you did such a good job scaring the shit out of people in the bar. You have a one dot ally with like a biker gang that happened to be there and saw you do that cool shit. Right. <laughs> right. And it was just like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Things I do affect the world around me and the way people interact with mm-hmm. me. And yeah. that's, that's ways of also doing XP without like, yeah, do things interesting. Just giving the flat, like, okay, you got two dots mm-hmm. cause you have your daily grind. And then sometimes when you do things with the world, things will happen in response. Like it does in the real world. Consequences. Consequences. Well, there's actually a whole system for that. It's called ambitions and desires. Yes. Yeah. So, a, like, a, basically, an ambition is like a long-term goal for a player, um, whether it be their long a passion or like literally building up their work. But it it's kind of what gives your character direction and purpose. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, you're at, it's something they're actively working towards during a session, and it's going to be a long-term goal. Yeah, and uh, note in the book is if you're actively working towards your ambition during a session, you can heal one ag willpower damage. Ooh. Please remember this, because this gets forgotten all and the time. And ag willpower damage is hard to heal. It so like, really is. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's real good. Sarah wouldn't know about that. I have no idea. Anywho, uh... Desire is a short-term goal. This is These are often written to be helping toward your ambition, but it could just be a narrative one session. You're like, I need to stab Ted. And then that's Done. your desire for the night. And yeah. hopefully you stab him. Uh, let's actually, do you mind if we talk a little bit more um, specifically about ambitions and desires? Let me yeah. like, kind of talk about some examples. Because I feel like in my head, a lot of the time, I have a hard time finding the proper scale of these things. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, Ambition. My ambition is to become famous within the kindred world. That's very lofty and mm -hmm. will take a very long time to do. Yeah. Uh, just to wrap up desire real quick. So if you achieve a desire, you immediately recover one superficial willpower damage, regardless of where you are in the session. Nice. But to yeah. yes and uh, what you were saying. Uh, yeah. Storytellers are allowed. It's moded in the book. This is textual. That if you're calling an ambition, if you're asking for an ambition desire and it doesn't relate to the plot, it's not worthy of the character's efforts, it's lazy writing, it's too vague. Mm -hmm. uh, storyteller can nix that or make other suggestions and that's something y'all need to work on. Because yeah, sometimes when people have an ambition, they think of a lofty goal as something that's like maybe a little too big and a little too vague. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's ever going to be achievable, but like I see where you're going. We can kind of narrow the focus on that a bit to be like a... A one cent, like essentially like an elevator pitch of a project that you can be working on. Right. It's like, I want to be famous in the kindred society. And it's like, there's a lot of ways to do that, my guy. <laughs> do you want to be like a well-known like artist? Do you want to be a criminal? Do you want to be a, become a prince or a primogen? Like, yeah. what do you mean by being famous? Like, what, what does that entail for you? Mm -hmm. You could even, again, like we're talking about XP and dots. Like that could even be something as... Do you want to earn like a dot of infamy, but you don't buy it? You actually earn that. Do mm -hmm. you want to like consider that um, complete when you do buy two dots of fame and you're doing stuff in the game that people will know who you are? Mm -hmm. It's like, that's what you want out of it. Or is it like, do you want to pull something so big that everyone in the city is like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Do you want to like run and do you want to build a nightclub that like puts the asylum to shame? And in that way, through uh, your expenditures on building the business that you earn those fame dots and then you're like, OK, ambition achieved. Duke. Right. I'm just like, damn, that's a cool chronicle project. Just like you're going to go against the Vormans. Good luck. Uh. <laughs> Good luck, my guy. That's. That's also something we were talking about when we were getting ready for our Skipper and I Shadowrun game that mm -hmm. we're resting together is like, uh, you have characters, goals are cool, but they also have to be something that like, if they're going to be that big, it needs to be something that every player at the table finds interesting mm -hmm. because you're going to spend a lot of time on it. So like if one player's ambition is to build this massive nightclub and do all the bookkeeping and stuff to build like this massive nightclub and like take on like named uh, lore NPCs as like enemies or at least rivals like that's gonna affect the entire coterie what do you do when the other four, three or four players in your coterie don't find that story that interesting mm -hmm. how do you balance that so again this is maybe a session zero thing where you all set up your like long-term ambitions and talk about it and like is that something the other players are interested in helping you or is that something that's going to have to be more of that character's side time spent on it like can the st take those and make it interesting for everyone even if the other three players are like well i don't really care about 
building up this guy's fucking club. Yeah. But hey, our coterie runs a really cool club. I could use that to like maneuver with my own contacts. Like I can use that to get information from people. Can you make these ambitions interesting for everyone so that they all want to engage in that story for even if it's for their own reasons, whether it be their own personal like knowledge gaining or like, oh, well, I can use this as an easy feeding ground. But like making I, I think that's an interesting thing to talk about. Session zero is like this is my character's ambition. Your in-game character might not know this, but this is what I want my kind of story arc to be, at mm-hmm. least for this first part of yeah. the story. And then when you're all playing, you can it's kind of um, using out of character knowledge, but being like, okay, I know this guy's doing this. Like, I don't want to get in the way with that. Or maybe I can help a little bit just to make a better story for everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I think that a lot of storytellers and players forget that the ambition and desires are going to dictate this kind of chronicle your storyteller is going to give you. So if you write your ambition to be like, you know, I want to become Prince of the City, your chronicle now is going to entail you getting into a lot of politics against the current prince. Mm -hmm. Like, is that a kind of stress level that the people want to deal with in the chronicle? Um, Or if you're just like, I just want to focus on me and mine and just worry about like making sure my coterie is safe and like we're surviving. And it's like, well... Half of you decided you wanted to fight people in the Primogen Council. So, like, you fucked around and you're going to have to find out that's just how consequences work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you don't want to deal with that kind of shit, uh, maybe talk with your ST and be like, hey, is my ambition going to... What... Even if you're like, hey, I don't want spoilers, but is my ambition going to cause a threat level from like, on a scale of one to five, like what death con are we at (laughs) that I need to be worried about with what my goal is? Yeah. How much am I fucking with the party? Like how much am I fucking myself? How much am I shooting myself in the foot? Because I love playing characters that like shoot themselves in the foot. But am I using a cannon or am I using a BB gun right now? Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) and is me doing this going to make the game unfun for everybody else at the table? So, you know. Will there be splash damage? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the next uh, note, in the script that Sarah put is actually really good for that. And like it's for players, but um, choosing certain ambitions and desires are going to push your ST to push certain narratives. So um, make sure you talk about them and they're cool with what you're putting down, but it's also your way of telling the ST what you want out of the story. Because if everyone puts down like a desire, their short, short term goal at the end of a session or the ST knows like this player's had this as a session or two. We need to get to that. They're specifically, if they're doing what they should and being a good ST, they're going to take that information you're giving them and they're going to use that to write what's going to happen next session. Even if it's in a way you maybe don't expect, like that is your way of telling the ST, Hey, this is what I want to do next game. This is what I want to work on the next five games. So it's kind of, it's a mechanical way to back and forth, give your ST the information of what you want out of the game and you get a little reward for engaging with the system. Yeah, and uh, piggybacking, piggybacking off of uh, my comment into something the book said is, the book does recommend setting your desires because it's supposed to be a session or two goal for your character. Uh, setting your desires to be something that is relating to things in your relationship map. So even if the plot isn't directly like, okay, well, my character's not interested in stabbing Ted. I don't know what to do with my desire. And it's like, well, your desire could be for the session to, uh, you know, touch base with somebody else in the coterie and be like, hey, uh, you and I both do a business. We should form an alliance for our businesses. 
and therefore making the relationship for the coterie stronger. Mm-hmm. And therefore it's like, oh my God, there's character interaction. You guys have reasons to like interact and stuff. Cool. I as the ST can be like, oh, if they're doing this joint business venture, what enemies do these two ventures have? And would they form an alliance and work against you guys? That's just writing plot for me. And that's less work for me as your ST. And Thanks. thank you. Thank you. I think something that, um, this is actually not, vampire um mm-hmm. it's uh, unknown armies one of the things i really like about their um goals system is it's like based on percentage as you're working your percentage goes up you can roll against it and if you pass the percentage you've completed your goal or you know whatever or you can just story-wise complete your goal um but one of the things they talk about is like goals change in real life you mm-hmm. might be like i really want to fucking stab ted but then you find out that if Ted dies, then Greg over here is actually just going to take his place. And Greg is like a known diddler. We don't want Greg to take his place. So fuck, we're not going to stab Ted now, I guess. Even though, you know, Ted deserves it. He, Ted totally deserves it. But we got to first take care of Greg. Because if Greg takes the takes the spot, it's just going to get worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like being able to pivot that goal, mm-hmm. I think, is a, a good storytelling device. You know, like mm-hmm. if, um, if Alec was like, I want to, my my desire is to learn how to install springs into my heels. And then he realizes like, well, but why do I need that again? Well, I, I want to work on something else. The unknown armies rule is if it's still related, related to your goal. So if you can essentially figure out, I was going in this direction, but I want to pivot a little bit, but the momentum I have still works for it, mm-hmm. then you can take some of those points into it. Yeah. And you don't move points, obviously, for ambitions and desires. But, like, I think it's a cool idea to reflect how your character is feeling about the story in your ambitions and desires as well. You know, like, uh, for example, I've changed one of Ken's desires. Like, he was relatively close to having it. But then we were like, oh, shit, we're in a different city. And, like, we're not in a good spot. And he's trying to look out for his coterie. Our desire is get home safe. Yeah. And you you can put a pin in that initial desire and get back to it once you've achieved it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting way that the story can morph and the players still get what they want, but maybe it's going in a different direction. Like I was thinking like maybe if you had a character whose amb- ambition was to like get revenge on the people who caused the death of their father. No. Fucking Ted. Yeah. Fucking Ted. So like, but so your, your <laughs> desire is like, I'm going to track down the people who broke into the house that night and find out why they did it. Well, they break, they track down the person they thought did it and turns out it wasn't them who was in the house that night, but they find a new clue of who did break into that house or the person who hired the job or whatever. Well, I would still give them an XP point because they basically got to the point where they would have beat the shit out of the guy who broke out, mm-hmm. broke into the house that night. Yeah. Turns out it was someone else and they got some new info. I would give them the XP, let them adjust that desire because it's unfair to make them sit on that desire uh, when it turns out that what they had for their desire was impossible. Um, I would let your players take impossible desires, ambitions, if you have an alternative and maybe Mm -hmm. just for desires. I feel like an impossible ambition is a little harder. Yeah. Well, on the desire thing, because it makes a note of you get the superficial willpower healing like instantaneously. You could technically go through a couple of desires in a session if the party's really cooking with the, all the gas and you're mm-hmm. just like fucking knocking shit out. And if the the desire was, I need to find out who broke into the house. And it's like, well, if you found out it was somebody that it was initially fought, you did still find out who broke into the house. So like that still counts. You get the superficial. 
Um, on the note of the XP thing. So I have, for the entirety of us running V5, because I read it in the book, that if you solve an ambition or a desire, you get an XP. For this script, I was trying to find where in the fucking book it said that. I could not find it. I might have been just too brain dead. I know I've written about it in other scripts. Could not find the script that I wrote it in. I Mm -hmm. know I have. I know we have audio recording of me saying this and citing where the fuck it was. (laughs) Could not find it this episode. I don't know why. Brain. (laughs) I'm good at it. Hi, guys. I, uh, Everyone, go ahead and prepare your drinks because Sarah, you're hacking a frog. I am. <laughs> no, 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 but here's the thing: this doesn't is a, count. She this, didn't say it. This is a lesson in owning that. Like, look, citing your sources is really good, and important. Having these critical skills is important, but also a good critical skill to have is to know when you fuck up <laughs> and admit it, like an adult, <laughs> and be like, "I've i failed, and that's fine. It's okay. It means it means I am still an honest person and a good researcher. I have." Space to grow still. Yes. I will find it later and we'll add it. But even if it's not technically officially in the books, I've been doing it as a storyteller because a lot of people are not used to the ambition desire system. And I think it's really nice and it's really intuitive and it helps me a lot as a storyteller to know what everybody's desires are. Because then I can go, oh, okay, cool. This like writes at least half of my next session for me. And I can also plan out if somebody has a desire that's like, a project basically and it's going to take a couple of sessions mm-hmm. you also get the goody point of giving them the okay especially if it's a desire that's going to take a few sessions give them the goody point of the xp be like cool you heal a superficial willpower damage and you get an xp because you, mm-hmm. you you buckled down you did that you did the task this was an experience you get a point yeah I think the only thing that you got to watch out for, especially with the desires, and I don't, I haven't personally encountered this so far in Mm -hmm. V5, is people finding desires and using desires to just like bust out as much XP as possible. You know, like my desire today is to stab Greg. Okay, I stabbed Greg. Now I want to stab Ted. Well, Ted's right here. Stab Ted, you know? Yeah. Uh, That is... There is at least the note in the book that if the storyteller thinks... That the desire is uh, below the character's uh, metal. Basically, they're allowed to nix it mm. mm-hmm. because it's it it doesn't read really as a desire or a want to do something. If it is such a simple task for you, right. would be my argument. Where it's like, hey, so if you're making a bunch of desires like rapid fire of doing a violence against people, it's like, hey, even if you find the violence justified, if you're doing it that often, this has become a mundane task for you. We should talk about your, your humanity. If anything, I'm probably <laughs> going to give you stains instead and be right. like, okay, maybe you should change up your goal for a desire. Maybe your desire should be to reach out to your touchstone and be like, hey, bro, I'm going through some shit. Maybe let's, maybe we can hang out coffee? and play a Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, only one Nintendo, though. Yeah, only that, one. That need like to humanize it a little bit. Like mm. my desire for the day is very rarely something as mundane as I'm gonna eat breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Like right. Even if like fuck, you're having like a depression day or something, like you probably have a goal that's a little more lofty during the day than I'm going to eat a granola bar. Yeah. Like so, if you want to narratively go with something like that, a you have to role play that like I am putting effort into doing this. Um. So if it, again, if it's just like, I'm going to stab this guy. Now I'm going to stab the next guy in the room. Now I'm going to stab the third guy in the room. Like I would count that as one goal pretty much. It's like, all right. (laughs) I want to commit a stabbing. (laughs) You did, you did a revenge. You You, did a revenge. You did a John Wick. Good job. You got your target and you got the guys with him. That is worth one XP. Yeah. Good job. I also, I would honestly just personally cap it at, 
you cannot complete more than one desire per scene, period. And your next desire cannot be something that is in the same scene as you. That, yeah. I think yeah, that, you can't that's a fair chain lightning through yeah. ambitions. <laughs> and on the oh, note of at least doing desires. like mundane uh, desires... I'm like, I, I am somebody that deals with a mental health. And sometimes my desire for the whole day is just to get a fucking boba tea. And literally the entire universe is like, nah. Did you know that every boba tea place in the city closes today? Or just, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm going to get out of work out of time. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> the boba place I want to go to is not too far from work. All of the traffic. Yeah. Or, you know, and then you're just like, oh, or you had a sudden bill pop up or a friend calls you and they're like, hey, I need help. And you're like, fuck, they live on a sign of the town that has no boba tea. <laughs> and by the time we change this tire, all the boba tea plays are going to be closed. <laughs> no, but I love my friend. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah, or just the actual cosmic joke of the universe being like, no, it's okay. You had a few hiccups, but you got there. As soon as you get there, our machines are down. <sighs> yeah, that's one of those moments where the ST can give away a uh, point for good RPing. Yeah. Because if your player is trying to work towards their desire and your story is running in a way that they're not going to be able to complete that, that session, but they put the effort into getting it done and you're the one who's kind of derailing things, I would just give them a role play. Thing. Yeah. It's like your character made the choice to sacrifice doing their desire to work towards your story or another player's goal or whatever threat's happening. I would give them a role playing point just for like, at minimum. At minimum, mm -hmm. just for being able to be like, okay, well, this is something my character wants, but they're going to sacrifice that for the good of the coterie or even just, frankly, the good of the story and the people at the table mm -hmm. if no one wants to deal with this right now. I would give them like a XP as like a, hey, thanks for, you know, cooperating with everybody. Yeah. You were being a team player. Yeah. Yeah. And you did get an experience of, you know, doing a humanity thing of like putting your stupid bullshit aside to help another person. You get to heal an ag willpower if you have it, and also an XP. Here you go, buddy. Right. Yeah. And one thought I had now that we're we're kind of wrapping up, but um, one thing I noted you noted was that like if you want to have a more dramatic or a shorter, give them two XP per session. Mm -hmm. I honestly would say if you're not going to work with ambitions and desires, if you're not going to give these bonus XP, but other than the the every session you get a flat amount, I would do the two anyway because if you're doing two per session and not giving bonus XP out beyond that, it's also not going to advance that quickly. The The faster XP it's denoting there is with the thought that you're still going to be giving all these extra XP for ambitions, desires, role-playing, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to deal with that system, at minimum, give your players like two XP per session. Yeah, because the XP creep is bananas. And it's just, it also just kind of depends on your storyline and time, whatever, because I've, I've played in games where we accidentally end up playing a night in real time over several sessions. So technically over the night, we all got a stupid amount of XP, but in like real world game time, it, it took a hot minute, mm -hmm. which is fine. It was great. Everybody had a good time. Oh, yeah. And there's also, you know, if your characters are doing uh, time skips where it's like, okay, you had a busy few nights and now we're gonna skip uh a few weeks so you guys have downtime to work on shit if your characters are doing downtime shit that goes towards their ambitions or desires maybe just give them a downtime xp yep. yeah uh especially if players are taking time to be invested in their character enough that they're like plotting out the floor plans for their new business or they are spending the time to write 
like in character journal entries or they're doing character art or, you know, if they're doing things that are enhancing the game experience for themselves and other people, just give them the fucking XP, please. Encourage that shit. I think that like whether we it's on purpose or not, I don't know. But I think that like XP is one of the ultimate ultimate storytelling tools to motivate and encourage specific things Mm -hmm. if you want good role play somebody does a good role play give them an xp they'll do more good role play if somebody comes to the table wearing like character binding outfits like i'm not saying people have to like cosplay at the table but if they're just like playing a character who's like dressed a little more fancy and they start coming to the table wearing like a really cute blouse or whatever or they wear like a hairpin every time and that's their character's hairpin Mm-hmm. maybe give an XP for being creative. Just being like, yeah. oh, that was really thought out. It actually kind of enhanced the situation at the table. That is cool. Thank you for that mm-hmm. point. I know one thing we've always done at our table that I think is kind of fun and sets the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And may- maybe it's a little cheesy, but like we tend to, when we play vampire, we tend to buy a couple bottles of red wine and like some mm-hmm. glasses. And we sit down and have like a glass of wine when we're playing like, if someone brings wine for everyone at session, give them an XP. Oh, yeah. If somebody mm, makes like cover. an in-game like character playlist, because we've made playlists for just us vibing for playing mm-hmm. VTM, and I make character playlists all the time because <laughs> I am an asshole. And yeah, if somebody does that and they share it, give them a fucking XP. Yeah. Just being like, oh, you took time out of your goddamn day to uh, create something that was based off of something I'm writing. I'm super touched. That's amazing. Can we share this? Can I add some of these songs to like the group? like playlist mm-hmm. engagement is great yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's that's something i've had players request before at our games it's like hey can i play the music and like sometimes it's like well i spent all week putting a playlist together for our game so no but if you put a playlist together maybe next week we'll listen to yours or when your character is doing stuff you can have your own character playlist if we're focusing uh, on you for a while or you know if you're like hey i want to do this really cool badass fight scene and i had this idea of the soundtrack and make it very cinematic can i like can you just low-key play this song when we're doing the fight scene i'm like fuck yeah dude that's great mm-hmm. also yeah. this song is a banger yeah no we did that in uh in a blood and jazz session where uh, just some stuff thematically came up and my character, my player, me, I realized it was coming and I'd been listening to stuff for the character and I was reading the lyrics and I'm like, oh, one of these lyrics is going to be real useful. I know the party's like, ugh, fucking uh, dubstep music. This is trash. But I'm like, read the lyrics, though. Yeah. I'm like, it's weird, but it really matters to the scene if you pay attention. Yeah. And you got cookie points for that. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something that I've always done for like non-role playing, just like group event parties that I throw is like there are websites that'll let you uh, make like collaborative playlists. Like when I'm Mm -hmm. having a big cookout or like my big Halloween party or like my New Year's party that we do every year, like I will post in the group wherever we're talking about the event, like Here's a collaborative playlist. Everyone add like 10 songs to this. Mm-hmm. And then I might curate it a little bit. Like when our one friend decides to add the same song 12 times. And it's really <laughs> annoying. Like, yeah. like maybe I'm going to narrow that down to like three. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. You can't put the pussy, 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 juicy, juicy, juicy song 10 times. on. No, the- it's that's always, a song. It's, it's more like what's new pussycat. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, I that, like that song. That's <laughs> me. It's usually our friend John who decides to add uh, Dragula. Dragula. Yeah, our other <laughs> friend John who like, decides to add Dragula to the playlist 10 times, <laughs> but each is a different remix. Um, uh, but yeah, that Russian could, roulette Dragula. <laughs> that could be something you do with the party. It's like, hey, we're getting together. Put a couple so- two or three songs for this session that you think your character would like or you think sound like the vibe you want for the session. I'll give everyone an XP if you add some music to this playlist for the game. Well, and our archivist, uh, mm-hmm. Ash, did that not too long ago. He yeah. just posted in our in our thread, like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, post a song that you're that relates to how your character's feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was it was cool to be able to see all these songs pop up and then click on them and listen to it and be like, oh, that's the vibe of this person right now. Cool. Yeah. Also, sharing music is rad. Yeah, yeah. I like sharing music. It's how, I, it's how I've learned about all sorts of cool bands and shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's worth a fucking XP. Do it. <laughs> Have it. So, yeah, there's there's lots of ways to go about it. And just, you know, make sure, I would say, just session zero, definitely just be like, hey, here's the pace I'm thinking about going as your storyteller. Are you all cool with that? Or do you want a faster game, a slower game? And then, you know, occasionally do check-ins of being like, hey, so how's everybody doing on your point buys? Like, are you achieving character goals in a way that you feel uh, satisfied with? And what do we need to augment in the plot to make things do a go? You as a storyteller are the arbiter of experience and the, and the pace of your game. And that doesn't mean that you have to stick to the same pace. You know, in Session Zero, personally, I like the idea of a, of a story having slow moments where it's like well you're doing these things that are like subtle and quiet you're experience you're gaining experience a little bit slower but you're building up to this one thing that you're going to be doing and so once you hit that point the next few sessions you're just throwing bags of you know experience at your players because they took the time to slowly build plans and whatnot up Mm -hmm. to that I think that's kind of cool too. Hell yeah. Having like big payoffs because like, you know, you spent four sessions planning this heist and you got one XP for each of those sessions because you accomplished little goals and then you pulled off the heist. Here's five XP. You know what I mean? Which is dope. Yeah. I mean, it's like a movie. Uh, If a movie does one thing at the same pace every scene for an hour and two hours, that movie's probably pretty fucking boring unless it's someone who's like a master of dialogue or action. Mm-hmm. Like movies have pacing and like uh, tempo changes and uh, that's something you should bring to your game too. Personally, like as much as like I've enjoyed the LARP that we crashed and have been engaging with and like I've enjoyed like super combat heavy games. Like personally, I find just one of those repetitively like kind of boring. Like I love going to the LARP that, you know, happens a couple days during uh a convention and like you get to do the courtly intrigue and it's fun for a couple days and then you move on whereas like if we're playing a home game and that's all we ever do every single week that we meet it's gonna get fucking boring for me after a while like i also want to like have some combat in there like have some fast pace like have a car chase like Mm -hmm. you gotta like switch it up a little bit and i think what john's saying makes sense like you can't you really gotta edit that tempo sometimes where it's like you guys did a lot of great stuff really quickly Here's a bunch of XP. Now that we've done a lot of really fast, big stuff, we're going to take a breath of air, maybe have some calmer social scenes. You'll get like a point or two. Mm-hmm. You guys can have a talk about like, man, it was really fucked up how you tore that guy in half. Or like, are you good? <laughs> or, you know, you, Do you just, need to talk about you this? Need to talk about that. Or, you know, have a beach episode. I fucking love a beach episode. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to the beach for the beach episode. Mm-hmm. Beach episode could just be girls night. Yeah. <laughs> beach there or beach night could just be you do some like downtime. Like we're maintaining equipment. And while we're maintaining equipment, we're having a chit chat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a beach episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Water cooler moment. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think yeah. like my hunter game that we ran forever, there were nights where like, oh fuck, we accidentally started a gang raid on the police station and yep. we have to deal with this. <laughs> and then like the next session was everyone just like, all right, deep breath. We need to replan what's going on. Literally part of the session after that was me and one of the other players locked up in a hotel room doing cocaine and watching Terminator 2. That you rented on VHS. <laughs> we rented on VHS because that's how we decided to deal with the fact mm -hmm. we accidentally had a biker gang kill like 12 cops. You killed so many of my coworkers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was just sitting there like the next day just like, hmm. God damn it. Not only, not only am I upset that you killed coworkers of mine, you cause enough of a stink that like the feds are here. So now I'm like a federal <laughs> agent in my fucking coroner's office, just moving my things <laughs> and not respecting my authority or my skill set at all. Cause I just like, listen here, little lady. And I'm just like, God, I'm going to, I want to stab so many of these men. And, that, and like, that's how you bring in those pace changes. And like, yeah, that was a huge action scene with a bunch of bikers mm. outside of the local police station. Like, thinking they had some of their members locked up and they're going to get them out no matter what. Mm -hmm. Whereas the very next session is like, we one of the characters in their background had like the FBI they dealt with uh, in their old like military and government work times. He gets, he turns out he's one of the guys assigned to this case. So now his background character has come in and is messing around with stuff. And it's like slow, like paperwork and like Sarah trying to figure out exactly what happened while uh, the FBI from one of the characters is like, why was he here? Uh, I'm going to take over your lab today and you can sit in the corner and watch while I do the dissections on your coworkers. Yep. Yeah, it was not a good time. Mm -hmm. It was not a good time. And then my, also my character's dead dad was around. And that was weird because I was just like, you're dead. I watched you uh, do an unalive. How are you here? <laughs> Why yeah. and how? <laughs> that was a, I went to a lot of childhood therapy about this. <laughs> and then no one else. No one else saw that. Nope. I might need to go back on my antipsychotics. <laughs> Oops. It's fine. Yep. You know? It's good stuff. It was good stuff. Good stuff. And also I had to have a heart to heart with my detective friend. Just be like, so our, our hunter guild friends uh, killed a lot of our coworkers and they're fucking insane. And one of them keeps breaking into my apartment so he can play Doom. I don't know what to do about this. <laughs> Please help. But yeah, I think, I think those are all good ways to use XP. For you and your characters to guide the story you yes. want. Um, because I think it's a good way to mechanically get players to engage a little more in what's going to happen with the story. Uh, mm -hmm. And like, it's a good way that if you use that system of ST, you can like, it's like training a dog almost. Like you can teach your players to like engage with the story. And when they engage, they get a little, they get a little nougat of yep. like <laughs> XP. Yep. And you as a player could be like, hey, storyteller, I like your work and I want to make the burden of you running this game less intense. I'm going to preemptively send you my desires ahead of time and my plans before session. Yeah. So you can plan around my bullshit. And I'm just like, oh, thank you. I mm -hmm. love that. Thank you. Thank you for giving me time to work on things. I appreciate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they might give you a fucking banana sticker for that. Mm -hmm. Stickers. I might have to start actually sending people stickers <laughs> as I'm uh, storytelling for things because I'm getting back into storytelling again. And I'm just like, oh, boy. Uh, mm -hmm. It'll be a good time, but chaos monkeys. Yep. Ooh, so. ooh, oh, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I played the Ooh Banana audio clip there. Edited oh, it in yeah. again. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Banana. Ooh, banana. Did you want to? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's way off course, but I was going to okay. say, speaking of music, thanks, Paralyzed. Yes. Yes. We like a music. They do a good music. Italian spaghetti hands. Yeah. 
<laughs> they exist on Bandcamp. Oh no. I just realized if you take Italian spaghetti hands and you turn them around, you have conductor hands. You do! <laughs> the I Italians thought you were going to say raptor hands. No, that's when you turn them around and then point them down. Yeah. That's raptor hands. But if they're up still and it's conductor hands, it's like the Italians do love an opera. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it still works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we exist on Twitter at blank underscore bodies. Mm-hmm. We also have Instagram at blank bodies pod. Hunter sometimes posts the glitch art as well as updates and things we are doing for the podcast. I believe we have some stuff we're working on into the holidays. So keep eye out as we get into those terrible months, I suppose. Oh. The winter is coming. I love oh, that's winter. not even like meant to be a Game of Thrones thing, but... The long death of our of our ecosystem and the death of happiness. What? The death of the sun. I like it when it's The death cold. of being able to go outside and actually enjoy yourself and not feel like the air itself wants you dead. That's how I feel in the summer. Death. The cult of ecstasy experiment is not drugging himself enough and hasn't achieved depression. <laughs> no, I was going to say, Skipper, this is the exact reason I've never actually run Changeling for this party. Because <laughs> we are sad. Well, no, that, that's like literally the actual plot is like, for Changelings, winter is coming, and that's probably just the end of everything. They've yeah. gone through their summer of happiness, and their cur- they've gone through their fall, and winter is pretty much here, and everything is... Uh, yeah, man, it's it's a bummer. Winter sucks. Soon will be the Winter sad is time. pretty. I get to wear for the first two days of snow. I get to wear fun layers. <sighs> now you can do that in fall. I cannot. It's still warm. Not well, Indiana. I, I can don't, do that in fall. I don't have to wear sunscreen. You're a lizard, man. Ah. Uh, yeah, I, you're just mad. You don't have your sun rock. It is. <laughs> I can actually have a hot coffee because it's not so fucking hot. I had a hot coffee this morning. Too. I did. The weather was delightful. It wasn't. I woke up, I took a shower, and I opened my shower curtain, and I literally said, I regret all of this. <laughs> the shower was still steamy, and I was still like, my body is freezing to death. Skipper has, like, no body fat. The podcast needs to understand this. They are a very <laughs> thin man. Yes, um, I would like to float something, and if you guys don't like it, I will edit it out. Yeah. But oh. it's something we've been talking about, and I think it would be, speaking of the winter, really fun to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we've been talking about doing a some sort of charity stream yeah. in the winter. Um, some sort of trying to be a good noodle. Yeah. We. W- I personally feel like we're at a point where... Like, we're actually making some money off of this, and, like, we've got a little community built up, and we'd like to do something good with that. We've floated a bunch of ideas. Right now, we're talking about doing some sort of stream, whether it be 24-hour stream, like, a couple nights in a row. Um, If there are people who have things, like, suggestions, people that might be interested in helping out with, like, organizing something like that, um, we have a problem boom as add ass motherfuckers (laughs) of coming up with really nice ideas and then waiting to the last minute to execute and we're trying to not do that so one thing i would like to do in december is organize some sort of charity stream uh we can get a blank bodies uh twitch set up but if there are people who'd like want to help with that if they have things they'd want to see if there's certain charities they'd like to see us help with um i feel like that's feedback i think we'd all like to see yeah um Mm -hmm. sarah specifically talked about maybe doing a charity where we literally raise money to help buy up other people's medical debt and erase it yeah Yeah, there's a whole network of people that just buy medical debt and then there's charity organizations that just buy that debt and go okay it's gone now 
And I was like, I think that's a cool idea. That is a cool idea. Yeah. And I don't know what to do for a stream outside of like, well, I could do cocktails. I can get really hammered and play the goose game. The goose game would be great. It's something you've been wanting to do anyway. I love the goose game. (laughs) I was going to say, at least keep it a VTM. It's like, I can get hammered and play any of those VTM story games. Yeah. We can do that. Um, I can get hammered and purposefully get infected with vampirism in Skyrim. Hell yeah. And then just never eat any blood so that I become a very gaunt, creepy looking thing. Hey, become a nose for Hi, puppy. Oh, the puppy's there here. There is a puppy here mm-hmm. at if the end. If you can hear the sounds, so, you're welcome. Uh, speaking of the money that we have, uh, we have a Patreon. Everybody that's been donating to that, thank you. We yeah. are in the process of continually updating our setup. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we will be also expanding some of our research catalog. Because I think we have everything in the V5 canonan yeah currently and then there's some other books that might expound more upon storytelling things that i think would be interesting for us to cover Mm -hmm. we've hit a really weird point in role playing that it's gotten big enough that people and some of these have existed for a while but you know there's people starting to put out books on like philosophy and like how to sta game game mm-hmm. agnostic and i think some of that stuff would be interesting to look at too yeah. as well as like sarah has written whole papers about things that relate to uh world of darkness that uh are interesting or like you know the the theory behind horror movies and that sort of thing is mm-hmm. very applicable to this game too yeah. and like research for stuff like oh that, yeah so. i wrote a whole paper about how the second inquisition book itself is a piece of war art and uh, god if people want me to go on that rant for the charity stream i could do that <laughs> <laughs> hey guys you guys want to talk about war and how it's sad and basically all of v5 is a commentary on the war on terrorism yay yay, yay. i could do that but it, we can make it fun and gay and horny uh but yeah we have a patreon if you want to help us be uh dumbasses but trying to be smart dumb we're smart dumb motherfuckers yep. yeah if you would like to help us with that we have several uh tiers that are cheap enough that you can five bucks a month if you want to like have a little discord title and we also have things for Patreon poll voting. We do uh, the movie stream hangout things. There's some discord things that are just for patrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do character illustrations. If you hit a certain tier, if you want that, I do a bunch of different mediums. If you're interested, we can talk about that. If you pay for that, I am trying to finish tidying up the show notes and the master research document list for the show so that the patrons can have access to that. So you yep. can kind of, see our process and also have all of the sources that we've used for the show so far. There's a lot of research that's gone into this and you guys are going to think I'm fucking insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did just finish the Malkavian episode. Oh, oh yeah. Every oh, time buddy. it's just like, all right, it's a short script. Six pages later. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it looks dense, but it's definitely short. I promise there are six pages here, darling. <laughs> Sarah, Most fine. of her bullet notes. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's bullet points. It's fine. We're just going to brass through a bunch of these. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, finally, I just want to say, like, we, I do an interview series for the show. Um, and if you have a project you'd like to come on and talk to me about, uh, whether it be vampire related or anything else, um, just uh, shoot us an email at blankbodies at gmail.com. Yeah. And I will get back to you. You can also send me, if you want to talk about like charity ideas, things you'd like to see with that, feel free to send us there. Like feedback on episodes. You it, can send it to us through any avenue that we're available, but that's the most official. We Yeah, if you officially want us to cover a specific topic on the show, please email Hunter. Mm-hmm. We'll add it to the list. We also have a Twitter at blank, body, uh, blank underscore bodies, and we also have an Instagram at blank bodies pod. Yes, we did do that. Uh, I also exist on TikTok. I've been neglecting that. I'm sorry. I'm trying to work on it. 
Uh, it's Blank Bodies podcast on the TikTok if you have VTM questions. Also, also, the two jokers that are sitting across the table from me Yo. participate in a game, and it's cool. It's on a Lanyap. Yeah. Lanyap Gaming. They play vampires that do shit. Yeah. Do you... Uh, that is the one thing that I love, and I think it's so funny about that, is... That is um, our ST, the, one of our main brainchilds, is a native to like Louisiana. Like that is a French word. Lanyap means little something extra. Hmm. Apparently time- it's a popular turn of phrase in Louisiana. We had no idea. We just thought it was cute. But yeah. the thing that I love and it's always cute is because we'll, we don't, we have a few people that watch and we raid channels coming in. None of them ever know how to say it. It's, it's, I'm not gonna lie. The Midwestern in me, for a very long time, just said Laganap. No, yeah, Laganap, Laganap game. What the fine. hell is that? It, it's perfectly fine. But that's as also somebody who's doing like uh, social outreach for a lot of <laughs> groups currently. I will stay in those streams just to go Lan Yap because almost every time they'll be like, "Oh, we're getting raided by Laganap," and I'm just like Lan Yap. Just like L A W N Y A W P. Yeah, it's a it's it's fun to say when you know it correctly. But thank you for everybody who has participated in this and over there because yeah. uh, I am also a dumbass there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which uh, again, uh, several of the NPCs that both of us put into there are used uh, currently or in future projects. So. Multimedia facets. It's almost like I I have a degree in multimedia facets. Get out of here, nerd. Nerd. Anyways, uh, yeah, goodbye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Ha-ha. Mwah!